Uh, hi there, it's me, Editor David, and I'm just here real quick because there are some audio issues that I just wanted to let you all know about right off the bat, because we are recording separate because of coronavirus, and there are some technical mishaps happening, but I hope that you enjoyed the episode anyway. It's a bit of a long one. Uh, we really put our hearts into it. So, yeah, hope you enjoy. <laughs> Episode two, the, the, the March 2020 bundle. Yeah. Do we have a name for our fans, the Bougies? Uh, you know, the Bougies is always a good name. I, uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just going to throw that at you right at the beginning of the podcast, so is you know it, I mean business. Is it a little self-indulgent, though, to name our own fandom? Shouldn't they come up with a name? That's true. Uh, but then again, we are the Bourgeoisie, so maybe we should just call them the proletariat. Yeah, they're they're just. I mean, do we even acknowledge their existence, really? Like, because they're like we are trying to exploit their labor by 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 which labor I mean the, the act of listening to this podcast. Hey, uh, it's labor for, for hey. our gain. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly, exactly. So they are our laborers. So yeah, uh, yeah, just just the laborers, right? <laughs> hey, should I should I say my name? Yeah, we should probably introduce ourselves. Hey, uh, you know, last time I said uh, David F. Word Baxter. Oh, re- shit. Re- 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 really quick off we the just, podcast. We just dropped right the F-bomb right it at was, the start, it, didn't it was, we? It was, you know, it was pretty intense. And I, I don't know if, if YouTube cares about we it. I don't know if you've uploaded it. But, nasty, dirty uh, boys. Oh, I yeah. have not. Thank you for the reminder. I will get on my, my shit. Oh, but I, after this, then. After this. Yes, that uh, whole uh, COVID, you know, nineteen thing has uh, distracted me. This is the official Bundle Bourgeoisie COVID nineteen podcast. Uh, Even if COVID goes away, we will continue to discuss it. It's going to leave yeah. lasting, lasting detrimental effects to the lower class in America. So we should really bring it to light. Yeah, we're actually just going to be talking about it for the rest of the podcast and nothing else. So if you're looking for an escape from it and you had your time at home, uh, sorry. So uh, moral of the story. Be careful. Yeah. So we're trying out trying out the remote remote thing. We were actually in person the first time, and we're not this time. Yes, we are doing our uh, our diligent responsibilities as uh, members of a society in which we are looking out for each other and trying not to spread a disease that is killing people. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so bear with us as we uh, we try out the new format as well, because <laughs> we're going to yeah. have to do it eventually, because uh, I, I do plan on moving to Japan at some point. And who knows what I'm going to do with my life, but yeah, I'll have yeah. access to recording equipment and maybe a Starbucks, so I can keep at it. Well, uh, my name is David Baxter. David, D-A-V-I-D, Baxter. B-A-X-T-E-R. So so you can write that in down. In case they want to spell it out and quote you in their, in their uh, article. Yeah, in your, in your bibliography, your citations. Uh, yeah. Because I know that this is going to be used in like an academic sort of format. Oh, please, if you ever find a reason to source this podcast in an academic <laughs> format, please 
do because we 100% don't know what we're talking about. So, Dude, that would just make my day because that I, would be like sourcing like the village idiot on like the daily news. So, Oh, my favorite thing is to just piss on academic papers and just like remind <laughs> them that everyone who ever wrote anything was just an idiot putting words on paper. Literally just fucking word vomit. And like, that's why I hate writing papers now is just like, I, I don't know. I just For like all... talking about things and having a conversation, like a back and forth, instead of just like word spew ideas. Exactly. Like for all we know, Sophocles was just some guy who wrote a paper to make fun of some dude before him. Like, <laughs> yeah. Also, like he was, was it him or was it Plato that was like totally killed for just like uh, basically Sophocles. asking a bunch of die? Yeah, he just like kept going up to a bunch of people and just like asking them a bunch of invasive questions, like the fucking. This is a deep cut, but like that fish from like the Dreamcast game. I don't know if you've ever seen that. I showed it to you. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, exactly. We're all we're all yeah. just a bunch of assholes who have no idea what we're talking about, just pretending to deep, know what we're talking about. Deep personal invasive questions. By the way, listeners, what is your social security number? Please post it in our new Reddit. Uh, <laughs> yes. Yes. We we have a Discord now. You can post it in the Discord. We we have. Oh a, yeah. A, the you, the 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 socialism safe space is a great place to post social security numbers. Oh, that's what it's for. <laughs> um, <laughs> we share the social security together. We can't we uh, can't give you our wealth if we don't know who you are. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> that's so, it's so fucked up. Yeah. So uh, anyway, the point of this podcast is the games. Let's get into that. Let's get into the games, the fun and games, right? Uh, so today, yeah. this week's uh month. Oh my gosh, this month, this month's bundle, not day or week, this month's bundle. Uh, it includes uh, some, some great hits such as uh, AI War 2. F1 2019. My friend, Pedro. Eberborn. Exapunks. 1980X. Niflheim. Planet Coaster. Battle Chasers Night War. Turok. Death's Gambit. And then the final one is Full Seal Arbiters, Mark. Also, there's extra games. There are. Would you like to talk about the extra games? Because I did not play them. I was too busy. <laughs> uh, we'll get into that at the end. Yeah, sure. Uh, the extra games for this month are... Uh, <laughs> Tales from Off-Peak City, Space Routine, and One Step from Eden, the demo. So that's pretty rad. <laughs> it's going to be insane. We got a lot to cover. Yes, we do. Uh so we're, we'll probably go a little quick through this week's, right? Just I, to try yeah. to cover everything. Maybe. Maybe if we feel like it. Should we put up a timer? We talked about that. <laughs> we did talk about it, but we'll we'll probably just end up going off cuz that's what we do. Fuck it. Hey, it's only the second episode anyway. Yeah, exactly. If they're tired of hearing our voice, they can listen to the uh, abridged version, which is just uh, the end where we say the two games that are worth it most, I guess. Yeah, or just like the part where we announce all the games and you're just like, oh, got it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> or the, the just skip to the section in every uh, discussion where it's if, it, if you should play it or not. Yeah, uh, which, of course, will do time codes never, maybe. Yeah, day. we're supposed to figure that out too. Let's, I don't know. Let's yeah, who knows? We should make it easy for our listeners. They we should. We should, but also the work is kind of on them. They're the proletariat, right? Yeah, we just put it out there. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You, you guys can share amongst yourself the time codes, right? Yeah. 
<laughs> so nice. <laughs> so nice to our fans. We love you guys. We appreciate everything you do for us, um, even though there's like three listeners right now. But Is there? those wow. of you who come in the future. I didn't even know uh, Yeah. I haven't even showed you our numbers yet, but but it, it's not terrible considering we've only released one and haven't advertised it in any way. We have three subscribers. Well, hell yeah. Which... Um, honestly, I'm not 100% sure if they're people or if they're the, like, other podcasting services that have to subscribe in order to update our RSS feed. Jesus. All right. So. Well. <laughs> Enough shop talk. AI War 2. Yeah. Uh, I, I took on the challenge of playing AI War 2, this, this bundle. And Sounded like a challenge. It was. I am not a fan of RTS games. <laughs> I, I like them, but... Yeah. Yeah, they're they're complicated. It's learning a lot of like macro micros and what, you know, you have to memorize a whole bunch of units and stuff. It's stressful, uh, man. It is. Especially it's like real time. It's books the game. It's weird. <laughs> and then like knowing how to slow down time and speed up time and like yeah, it's a lot. It's a lot. Mhm. It's hard. They're hard. Like, but this game <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Like what? Yeah, I was no, just gonna no, no, say no. I I grew up with RTSs like uh, Age of Empires and Age of Mythology stuff like that and like those games are like fairly simple. It's just like get the meat, get the tree. Now you build things and like yeah. And this one, this one's like uh, you have seven different spaceships you can do, but you need like you can only build certain things if you have one spaceship in a zone, and you can only build other things if you have a different spaceship in the zone, and all the spaceships, or some of the spaceships produce units that fight while other ones just defend, and it's a lot. It's a lot. I feel like if you're into that sort of, like, grand strategy sort of space war type thing, you probably jive with it, though, yeah? Oh, 100%, yeah. Hmm. Uh, the single player was great. It, uh, by the way, the 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 developer is Archin Games That's LLC. Important. So it's very yeah, important. you know we gotta credit the people who do the work here. Honestly, like they're they're working their asses off in a in a weird world. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Anyways, so this game it's a uh, it's a uh, <laughs> these great segues in today's Dude, episode. Dude, we all have like this COVID energy going into this podcast because we've we've all been like isolated at home and like <laughs> not talking to I other people so much. Don't remember what human touch feels like anymore. Wow. Well, you're yeah. one step further than me. I I still have that at least. Yeah, some of us have mothers. I get it, David. You know, I I got cookies and fresh. <laughs> my 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 father has just yelled at me about socialist ideology for th- you know three, four, five, six years. Has he yelled at you about socialism or about the 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 dangers of socialism? Uh, about uh my young arrogant liberal beliefs of socialism. Ah, I see. I yeah. see. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's it's hectic. It's it's a hard time to be a free thinker. Uh, so AI war. Uh, let's let's get into this. Let's get into what this game is is doing. Please, it's uh, please. you know, I played in reality probably about a couple hours of it. It I I felt like it was enough. It's not a very like lore or story heavy game. It's it's sort of just a do things kind of game Hmm. and i played a couple different scenarios and it's it's a game about colonization right you know that's pretty much it you're you're in space uh most of the scenarios have you like aggressively having to take over these other planets for their resources so you can build more ships so that you can get to some sort of central objective before any other 
uh, Space Force is able to. And so you're just, you're constantly just like, kill a bunch of people on a planet, build a bunch of factories, make a bunch of ships, go to the next planet. And you're trying to do this as quickly as possible because the time constraints are, are pretty, pretty short in the game, honestly. I, my, my first scenario I did, I played for probably about 20 minutes and I felt like I was managing things great. I had control over all my little areas very well. Um, I was producing enough and then cautiously trying to take over places so hmm. I wouldn't get overwhelmed. And then I just get a pop-up that's like, you failed the game. You lose. <laughs> that's and I had worst, no idea. I, <laughs> I was like, <laughs> I jumped back through all my like planets and I'm like, what, what died? And nothing. None of my planets died. Like I had great control, but they just beat me to the objective without me even knowing or understanding that I had an objective I was going for. Yeah, I had a similar experience with another game we're going to talk about in a bit, Planet Coaster, where I just like I didn't know always like why I was failing. I would know that I was, but like not how to fix the problem because it doesn't explain itself well in that regard. Yeah, the the whole tutorial and everything for this game was very just sort of like, this is how you click on things. Mm. And that was it. <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, but yeah, so that's that's the whole thing. It's it's just like, it's just conquering and colonizing these planets so that you can use their resources so that you can take over other things, you know? It's very... Uh, Expand, destroy, collect, like the exactly. capitalist monarchy. like A hundred percent, just like pointless war for resources, you know? Yeah, fuck it. And and that's about it, you know. the 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 Ludo narrative. It's kind of this. It, it, it's as you'd expect in some sort of like mass scale uh, RTS conquering game that like you're 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 this disembodied sort of omniscient thing controlling the war, and you don't you don't have you don't see the people that die, you don't see uh, the carnage or how it impacts these other worlds or anything. It's just like kill it, take it over, move on, you know. Right. So. Right. Uh, it's, it's, that's it. There, there's not a lot of, uh, craziness to it. It's, it's an all right game. I'm not a fan of RTSs. If you like RTSs, you'll probably enjoy it. The single players seem to have a lot of depth, but, uh, my, like, benchmark to compare that to anything is, uh, like, StarCraft. That's pretty I much that's... my benchmark, too. Like... Exactly. So, how does it compare to StarCraft? Uh, you know, it's, you, you only play as, like, one species, so there's not, like, a lot of, uh, player agency in which you get to, like, make choices that, that make the game feel different. Mm. Uh, it's, it, it really just comes down to knowing how to manage the specific units that you're already given, but there's some cool stuff, like, upgrades, you can, uh, upgrade your stuff as you earn currency in the scenarios to, like, make your ships do more damage or make them able to take more damage, so... There's this sort of like layered element of uh, managing the individual units as well with some like stuff you can hack and things like that. Uh, so it, it feels like there's a lot of depth there. Um, Starcraft is pretty much just like the the understanding of placement and and troops in that regard. But this one has a lot of like really managing sort of minor details, which I think makes it interesting. Of course, but it's not for you. <laughs> but it's not for me. It's it's not. Okay. Yeah, my well, my cup of tea is more like soda. Speaking of a game that is not quite uh, my cup of tea, 
uh, a game that <laughs> I, I I played, and I, I kind of took the bullet a little bit with this one because neither you of did, us really you wanted did. to play it. But I, what's funny is that I can't even really play it on my own computer at home. I don't really think it's like powerful enough. Uh, it's F1 2019, baby, from Codemasters. Uh, it is a Formula One racing simulator, uh, folks, with real story interview segments, high speed racing. Uh, the big uh, thing about <laughs> gameplay in this thing is that it's all about like following the line, uh, which if you follow like professional racing, that basically just means like. Uh, the ideal uh, path for the car and the game will sort of help you out with like uh, green indicators uh, if you're kind of going the right speed or red indicators if you need to slow down on the line but it's like it's fucking hard man uh, it's you, the cars that Formula One are all about go so fast that like there's no way that they can make every turn going full speed so they have to slow down and brake and turn and drift and it is it's tough. Uh, if you're not like into that sort of thing, there's not a ton to be enjoyed about it. Uh, there is a very extensive story mode that uh, it seems like it has a very fun, like reactive interview element, where like after a race, you can you get asked questions about the race, like what did you think when blank took you uh, over in that part, or what what do you think when uh, like you helped your teammate out here but you came in a lower place, and uh, you basically have the opportunity to be like, oh man, yeah, like it was for the sake of the team, I did what I had to, uh, next time we'll go in hardcore. Uh, or you can be like, yeah, like, I mean, I'm like the best racer ever, so there's no need for like any kind of like worry so about it's got how I'm gonna sort of that like time. nba sports game yeah. aspect to it that like, we're seeing in a lot of things sort of uh turning into a video game the sort of career aspect of a racer and the sort of dramatization of their life uh through these mm -hmm. sort of live interviews and and i think that's pretty cool man i want a wwe game that does that where like you actually get to shit talk your opponent and stuff they did yeah. that like uh, a couple of wrestling games are very very much all about that uh, I don't know oh, the exact. Ones, I mean, but... I have not played a wrestling game since like the PS2, so <sighs> that could be why. There's some but... <laughs> really good ones for like PS3 that were like all about um, the career mode and like making your own character and like sort of becoming a heel or a uh, uh, a babyface or like whatever the terms are, and and like sort of living like the story, <laughs> the narrative of like the soapbox that is wrestling with the modern I... day can't believe you even knew there were terms i did not know there were terms oh did you not a know that or a baby Have you no never i mean it totally makes sense but Here, that's insane <laughs> there you go cat <laughs> you'll let the cat out okay um what was i saying yeah so babyface is like a, a person uh, in wrestling who is like the good guy and they're new in the ring and they're there to try to take on the heel who's sort of like the main challenger the person who's winning and like the crowd sort of jeers against uh, okay. There's only ever been one heel in history that the crowd actually cheers for, and that's the Grave Digger. <coughs> hey, this is David from the future, editing David, and I just wanted to say I got this totally wrong. Grave Digger is actually a monster truck and not a professional wrestler. Actually, the professional wrestler I was thinking of was The Undertaker, so... Just know that that is the case for the rest of the time that I'm talking about professional wrestling, and I am sorry. What even is this tangent? Uh, oh. He, so the heel's the bad guy. Yeah, the heel's definitely the bad guy. 
Uh, oh my god! So the Gravedigger, the thing that's cool about him is that he's stone-faced. Anytime that he gets hurt, he doesn't look like he's hurt at all. And, yeah. like, it's just fucking... Like, he only recently ever lost the very first time and showed pain. Uh, and, like, wow. just the narrative of that, of people, like, being so attached to a person that feels invincible, going on for, like, 30 to 40 years, and for the very first time having them be taken down by a fresh baby face. It's this whole-ass, like, spaghetti western narrative with, like, white hats and black oh, hats and shit. It's totally a fucking soap opera, but with, like, muscle bodybuilders. It's great. Damn, I wish I was more into it than I am. I know. I need to watch wrestling more. Every every time I, like, hear about the theatrical elements and stuff, I'm just like, it, it's incredible. It's Oh, yeah. It's, it's long-form storytelling at its finest, really. Yeah. Uh, but, that being said, that's not... F1. Uh, I don't know how great the long-form <laughs> storytelling is in Formula 1, but they definitely try to get a little bit of that in the story mode. Uh, the thing that I was going to say that I don't really jive a whole lot with is that there are microtransactions, like, everywhere in this game. Oh, uh, yeah. Like, for new little cars, there's fucking customization options for your driver, like, how you want him to dress. You can, like, buy better outfits for him, which I guess is nice in the story mode, but at the same time, like, why the fuck are you... What does it even do? <laughs> Unless I can get, like, oil to lather my baby self up to make me more aerodynamic, like, what? <laughs> no, it's just, like, a green suit versus a red suit. Like, that's it. And, it, and you pay real money for it. Like, well, I don't get why you wouldn't be able to just unlock it through playing the game. It just feels like fucking money-grubbing. Yeah, at, at that point, it's just, like, you, you want something cool to look at, you've got to spend money. I mean, I guess there's something nice about the core mechanics being free in that case, because there's a lot of games that have been gatekeeping, like, mechanics, but mm -hmm. microtransactions yeah. are just a tough beast. Like, that, that's why, like, if you're into this kind of racing game, you'll probably like it. Otherwise, this is basically good as a benchmarking game. <laughs> I'm kind of glad that I have it, because if I get a new PC, I'm going to want to try this game out and see, like, I want to crank out the graphics and see, like, how... I can fucking make the asphalt look like fucking real ass melt your face asphalt uh i don't know that, that'd be kind of yeah. fun but other than that i'm not Let's super see how many copies game. you can run at one time dude <laughs> <laughs> like I, dude like every single screen like like three triple screen like just ghost race the whip <laughs> just trying to max them all out or, or maybe like because uh, i think this game also like has the thing where you can like extend the monitor for like multiple oh screens. see if you have like the, the uh, curve so set can, up like, yeah. Yeah. That would be pretty sick. But that's that's F one. Alright. F one. Uh interesting game. Would you buy it? Would you would you recommend it? Uh I feel like as a part of the bundle, if you want a game for benchmarking, it's kind of cool. Otherwise, uh I I wouldn't personally buy it, but I could see why other people okay, might. Fair enough. Uh so yeah. let's let's talk about one of my uh <laughs> I I think this game was kind of a, a gym in the bundle. Uh, it wasn't very long, but it was really good. It's My Friend Pedro by Dead Toast Entertainment. It's This is one of those games that when you start it, you know something immediately is going on and they're trying to do something, but it, it takes a real long time to figure out what it is. And I think that's really important in this game because it, it makes you it makes you go through the game behaving a certain way and then you get to the end and you find out some information that just sort of uh, makes you reanalyze the entirety of the game you've been playing. It's really interesting. Uh, it's a So it's the stylistic side-scroller shooter uh, where, like, you're, you're going for points. You don't really care about 
winning the level per se. You know, you, you get through the level for the story and everything, but the, the core gameplay loop is trying to perfect these levels, trying to get as much points as possible. Sort of, uh, what was that? That, that dirt bike game on, on mini clip. Oh, oh <laughs> you mean like, uh, I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. But like there's, it's also been like made into like another game more recently. Yeah. Uh, but, but in that vein, you know, it, it's, it's a, yeah. you're, you're going for points. You're going for style. You're going for tricks. Uh, that's that's the core gameplay loop. If you just grind through the game, you could probably beat the whole thing in like three hours, if that. Uh, but it's 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 really interesting. It's like it's a sort of love child of the early two thousands in this sort of thematic idea and the way the game's presented and the the things they're talking about. Because almost immediately, like it's it's gratuitously violent, like Hotline Miami kind of style, like. You are just mm. brutally shooting people in, in the face and the nuts and the bodies and the arms and just, like, obliterating these enemies. and Just totally desensitized to the violence. Exactly. Like, they, they, they joke about it almost immediately off the bat. Uh, your, your friend Pedro, the, the floating banana, guides you to a gun and goes, Oh, someone shouldn't just leave this around. A person could do a lot of damage with this. And you pick up a loose gun and then run around and kill a bunch of people. Got it. By the way, I found the game. It was Trials. Trials! Yes, Trials! Yes, uh, Trials. Good game. <laughs> good game. Uh, so so that's exactly the game. is just like running around, gratuitously killing a bunch of people. and All stylishly as possible, it sounds oh, like. Oh, yeah. There's like slow-mo, and you can dodge, and you can kick frying pans and basketballs in people's faces. There's segments where you're skateboarding and shit. It's super cool. There's a lot of really fun flair to it. <sighs> Yeah, I followed this game for a while, uh, just because the combat on Twitter was so cool. Like, just seeing gifts of, like, a guy jumping off of a skateboard and shooting a gun at a frying pan and bouncing the bullet off and hitting two guys at once and, like, <laughs> just crazy shit like yeah, that. Yeah, there's some buck wild stuff you can do. It's like it's like playing Dishonored and trying to get the coolest, like, kill sequence stuff, too, yeah. you know? those Bulletstorm. Th there are people that can do some magic. Yeah, oh, I love Bulletstorm. No one talks about Bulletstorm, but I love Bulletstorm. No Storm. one talks about Bulletstorm, but that game was so good. Yeah, dude, I'm so glad you liked that game, too. <laughs> that I mean, that game was, like, before they decided to remake Doom and get really into Doom stuff, yeah. that was, like, the Doom of, of this generation, almost. It really was. In that, in that sort of, like, free-flow combat... Point system. ...style. Like, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Is there a point system but in this game? There is. There is a point system. Sure. And it's really interesting to manage. Like, if you just sprint through and kill everyone and don't take any damage and don't die, you'll almost always... I played on the hardest difficulty. I don't know what difficulty... Like hard? Very hard? I don't yeah. know. Uh, but just doing that, racing through the levels, I was scoring on average, like, a C or a B. And you can get up to an S rank, so. Yeah. Yeah, so you gotta get real flared with it, you know? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, it's gonna be great for, like, Twitch clips and, like, all, like, the little, like, uh... A hundred percent. Yeah, if moments. you're not playing for style, the game is actually, like, incredibly easy to just solve and get through. Huh. Because they give you a, a, a dodge and pistols with unlimited ammo, so you can just spam dodge and spam shoot until you kill everything and then just move on without having taken any damage ever. <sighs> cool kind of like breath of the wild yeah it's like a toolkit of fun exactly exactly it's it's really what you make of it that's cool uh but the but the the thick of it the storyline yeah. is like it's really good there's there's just these gems of hidden information uh 
did we did we decide i don't know if i want to spoil this game because if people are going to play it i think i think seeing the ending happen is mm. kind of magic um but there's there's some really great themes it talks about in like broke coming from broken households and how that identifies like who we are and and what that makes us into and escaping the sort of uh, ideas of familial bonds and what what being loyal to your family means and questioning your morality mm. versus like the way you were raised it's it's really interesting because like that... the main character is kind of a psychopath uh, uh oh a hundred percent it's about it's... like his the disconnect between what he does and sort of what he thinks absolutely absolutely that's why i i i think the game is saying a lot about like mental health issues too in that sense that like he is he is suppressing a lot of stuff and and it's actively shown in this like this idea of Pedro this floating banana friend and this this weird ethereal world that you go to with Pe- Pedro sometimes that's like supposed to be this happy place where you can escape from anything and it, it it's really interesting so <laughs> i i think it talks a lot about some really heavy themes in a very lighthearted uh sort of satirical game which is a lot of fun like how violence is sort of our our escape from shit nowadays yep <laughs> that's exact i mean there's literally there's literally a segment in the game where you're killing violent video games so <laughs> that's awesome i love that that's so sick it's great it's great <laughs> it's like that one part from like the i guess not the part just the whole fucking game did you know about that game hated hatred or whatever it was it's just a shooting game uh, no 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 postal postal no not just postal postal was about like uh the the dude who would just run around and piss on people and shit like that and throw scissors uh hatred was actually like a reprehensible game that was like just black and white and made specifically to, to like produce oh, controversy shit. and you play as like a dude in a trench coat with like long black hair uh, and you just the goal of the game is to run around and shoot as many people as possible and uh, do that as much as you can before the police stop you. Damn, yeah. I, I I'm not familiar, but yeah, that's exactly. It, it's really interesting the exploration of like gratuitous violence yeah. and what it, what it's saying about us like psychologically and emotionally and everything. Violence is explored through comedy. Violence is explored through comedy. I don't know why it's not done more often. Yeah. <laughs> Whoa, it's like slapstick or something. Uh, yeah, right? <laughs> That's exactly. <laughs> <laughs> That's cool. I like that. Yeah. Uh so yeah, it's 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 it is a great game. I I think it's it, it's definitely worth playing even if it's even if it's just to breeze through for the storyline honestly. Definitely. Uh Yeah. Well, my my next game here is a game called Etherborn. Etherborn is a game by Altered Matter, and it is an atmospheric puzzle game about manipulating uh, sort of your character in space. And it has this sort of Mario Galaxy-like mechanic where whenever you walk along curved surfaces, you stay uh, facing downward on the curve. So you're able to like walk along archways and then be upside down and then jump off the ledge because for some reason 90 degree angles don't function like that. So you can just fall off a 90 degree angle and then just be falling into space infinitely. But you get teleported back uh, and you just get to solve the puzzle and there's no real consequence for failure. It's just a game about kind of walking around, discovering and uh, solving puzzles. Um, I gotta say that it's pretty chill just for that. 
uh, aspect alone, and you can honestly beat the whole game in, like, probably around four hours. Like, it's not that long of a game, uh, and that's including the New Game Plus mode, uh, which... Damn. It's, yeah, like, if you want, like, a game completed 100% on your Steam wishlist, like, on your Steam wishlist with your Steam inventory, then it's, like, the perfect game for that. Um, and it's just nice to play for an evening. That being said, the story content and, like, the philosophical intellectual stuff, I could not <laughs> latch on to. It is uh... some BS, I think. I can't say for sure. Uh, but, man, there's a lot of... It was just, like quasi-intellectual without like like, any actual merit yeah it it felt like just like this quasi-intellectual mouth spew of large words and i philosophical ideas about the place of humanity in like a uh, ether space (laughs) you're like a floating this podcast yeah totally you're like a floating nervous system (laughs) like uh, and you're like walking around experiencing these different sort of things and i don't know if the message is like reality is your perception or I don't know what that was. Reality is like your perception or something. Uh, man, I don't, I don't get it. <laughs> so, so it's talking some some deep ethereal shit that might just totally be nonsense it and bullshit. All went over my head, literally the whole thing. I tried yeah. as hard as I could to intellectually engage with it, and like I, I tried like maybe it's talking about like some kind of tree of life shit, and it's sort of like a metaphor for creation, and like I don't fucking get, it. I don't know. Huh? You know, maybe. Maybe sometimes a game about a get thing is just a game about a thing. No, yeah, and in, in, in that sense, I kind of feel like it's sort of like <laughs> almost, almost like the the sort of idea that the 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 actual narrative wasn't important. It was just sort of like a this is a sort of narrative that fits the style of game we wanted to make. Yeah, honestly, uh, if you've ever played like Echo Chrome, the PS3, where you play as like an abstract mm-hmm. character, just like kind of wandering around abstract worlds it's very similar to that using abstract logic uh yeah it's similar even more so to and yet it moves uh which is this sort of indie game where you control the gravity of the world uh and you have to wander around and then i also put the witness here because like i love the witness but it's got so much shit in it that's like what the fuck is this are you serious (laughs) like (laughs) He just like recordings of like Chinese philosophers or just like random fucking other philosophers just like saying shit and it's just like I always find I, that with these like I enjoy it these, but it's like these why <laughs> really uh sort of trying to be deep puzzle games that are like let's just let's just talk philosophy and make you think and wonder about the puzzle yeah. of life it's make you, you think know? that this is super intelligent like <laughs> exactly but it's really just a bunch of disconnected ideas that are are saying nothing because it wasn't actually thought out and like the narrative doesn't actually uh this goes into that conversation we've had before like the narrative doesn't really fit the ludo narrative so there's mm. kind of a disconnect yeah no definitely i would agree with that uh, i w- that being said i don't know that i would agree with that with the witness i feel like the ludo narrative is actually quite good in that game but i, I don't oh yeah into that. yeah that for the witness yeah. but not yeah. <laughs> that yeah uh just, but I, I feel that disconnect yeah, in a lot of puzzle games. Totally. Uh, so if you want a game that you can just like beat in one evening that's pretty chill, you'll probably really enjoy this. But personally, I don't find myself going back to it unless I just want to do the new game plus. Because I, I tried a little bit of it, and it basically just like it's the same layout of everything, but sometimes like the spheres that you had to collect before are in like bushes or slightly harder to find locations. So I think that's it. Yeah. Damn. Yeah. 
Well, all right. Well, uh, back back at it again in the Humble Choice Bundle, March 2020. We got Zachatronics, baby. Oh, baby. I love me some Zachatronics. Uh, the, the unsung hero of the Humble Bundle, apparently, keeping the whole thing afloat by himself. Dude, yeah, he keeps uh, being here. Where are you going to leave, yeah, Zach? When are you going to stop making but games? But I get it. He's he's doing good shit. Like these games are insane, dude. When do you think uh, we can start doing this podcast with him as a co-host? Would that ever be possible? Oh man, I feel like Zachatronics would have some shit to say along these lines. You know, like w- I'm over here, like always associating everything to class struggle. Zachatronics would be like, ah, oh, but really, what it's saying is robots are gonna kill everyone who doesn't understand programming. <laughs> yeah, dude. So Exapunk. <laughs> So Exapunks, that's that's our Zachatronics game. Uh, it is, you know, the whole game is just like a lot of Zachatronics games where it's it's all about programming your way to victory. You have to do this, like, quasi-code and make machines operate in a certain way to uh, achieve some sort of goal. And it's really interesting because... <laughs> If you if you go back to last month's episode and listen to my critique on uh what game was it last month? Uh Shinzen IO. Yeah. If you go back to last month and listen to my critique on Shinzen IO, it's uh I I dismissed the game almost immediately as way too smart for me and incredibly difficult to figure out, but it seemed like it was doing good things. And so this month when I saw Exapunks, I was like, all right, we're doing this. We're going to do this, Zachatronics. I promise. Make it I'm going to make this game work. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so so I actually sat down. I actually read the manuals. and Read the PDFs. I, <laughs> yeah, I read the PDFs. Uh, a lot less intimidating in this game. They're only like three to five pages long. So <laughs> it, it feels much more <laughs> easy to jump into. And I gave it an honest-to-God try, and I got pretty far in the game before I got stumped. Uh, I The level I ended up get, getting stumped on, you have to, like, program a robot to crack a password and then breach into a thing and save the cracked password. It's It was fucking hard. I still don't know how to solve that puzzle, but that, uh, but that, that, that that's a story for a, for a different day. Um but I gave it an honest to God try because I wanted to see like what what all was actually happening in this game more than just like I have some ideas of what he might be trying to talk about, uh, and he he hits on some pretty interesting themes almost like right off the bat, and and you get to explore it a little bit more as you go in, and it's this this idea of obviously the way humanity interacts with technology, technology's world in our in our world. Um, and what we do in a sort of post-technological uh, AI-integrated world. But in this, in this realm, he brings up um, some, some talks on like healthcare and uh, pharmaceutical companies and, and the way that we receive access to healthcare. And he... Hmm. Right? It's really interesting. So the game starts out, you've got, you've got a virus that is... A lot of people in the world get this virus, and it's slowly turning you into a robot. Like it, it's, it's adjusting. Yeah, it, it it's fucking with your DNA so that you your DNA slowly becomes robotic, and you become this like robotic machine of a person with no capability of thought or or anything. You just move along and do your robotic stuff. Hmm. Uh, 
And it starts with you're unable to afford the medication for this. It's it's $700 a dose, and you need to take a dose every month. Uh, <laughs> insulin. Yeah, no, literally. That is like fucking American insulin right now. Yeah. Uh, so so it starts out with that. And so you get, you get hired by an AI hacker uh, that's, like, trying to learn about humanity. It's really interesting. They're, they're making you do a bunch of, like, social experiments through your hacking so they can learn about the world. Whoa. Uh, in order to afford your medication. Um, so it's it's sort of this, like, doing what you have to do to survive because you live in a world where the corporations that you work for aren't paying you enough to make the money to stay healthy. Because <laughs> it's so funny. The game starts out with you doing a service, like, akin to M-Turking. <laughs> God. Yeah, so you, you get this fucking sheet up, and you're just, like, transcribing receipts for 10 cents <laughs> A receipt oh my god this, this yeah shit, and then there's shit sounds like like it, breaking it, bad but like the, the sort of video game form it feels like a lot of the straight up straight up it's breaking bad but for hackers yeah. like that's so cool it, it, it's really cool like and and then you end up doing some weird shit for this this robot like one of the things she makes you do is just dispense all the money from an eight from like 12 atms around the city just to see how people react <laughs> Just like what what happens to the money? I, I told you. Uh, yeah. I think when we talked about this in person, that like this actually happened recently, where close to where we live, it, where like a guy yeah who wanted to go to jail to get like healthcare and stuff, basically like threw around money into the air uh, from a bank and like robbed it uh, without like a gun or anything. I don't think, uh, and he just gave everybody the money and he waited to be arrested, and like. What happened in that particular case is that people just gave the money back to the bank because apparently <laughs> money's traceable and they thought, like, I can't steal this because then they'll trace it back to me. So Because they'll get faulted for stealing. Yeah, yep. and, like, that's just sort of a, a weird reality of, like... Yeah, it's it's so wild. And it's that's what's so interesting is that, like, Zachatronics is, is talking about this, like, post-apocalyptic sort of, I mean, dystopian, but really kind of becoming our reality. Not not dystopian in the negative sense, but this world where, where technology is so heavily integrated. But mm -hmm. at the same time, he's talking about, like, relevant, important issues that we're facing today in our society with these issues of, like, healthcare and and finding... Uh, suitable jobs that actually can pay us to make a living and afford to take care of ourselves and the the ideas of like corporate greed and the way they're they're uh seeking profits so heavily it, it, it's really interesting and i'm really 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 glad i took the time to actually learn to play this game this time i'm glad too man because those games are a little bit above my head sometimes and like i just oh, know man. that there's something there it's it's hard. It's exhausting. It it feels like work learning to play a video game, but a hundred percent it's worth it. Like I I think everyone should should weather the storm and power through and figure out how to play his games because he is he's fucking incredible and he's talking about really important, really pertinent, really interesting topics in these games that a lot of people probably aren't seeing because they, they try to do the tutorial and just dismiss it. Yeah, man. Just all this relevant shit about, like, humans and technology integrating and, like, sort of... All from a, such a programmer's perspective, I feel like. Oh, 100%. It's from, like, 
and, and that's interesting too because it like it, it it's really clear <laughs> and if you really want to get like deep into the philosophical like talk of this game it's so clear the like lifestyle that a programmer has to live because like the themes and stuff he's talking about it 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 feels relevant to to any working class individual and and to think that like well programmers are above us you know they they went to college they they they're making great money doing these jobs where they have to program and stuff and it's like nah dude they have the same fucking struggle as us mm-hmm, man yeah like even programmers aren't making enough to get by yeah they're just part of the labor force like us yep <laughs> So uh, uh, I, I think I think you'd be doing yourself a disservice not playing his Zachatronics games. Hell yeah! So go play it is the the thing I'm hearing. Go play it. Go fucking play these games. All right. So the next game on the bundle is 1986 by High Bit Studios. They uh, are very much producing <laughs> similar to last week's bundle. And they had the hex, where I called that an everything game. This is definitely an everything game. They it just like has so much going on here because it's a very much like a pastiche of a uh, sort of sixteen bit era eighties gaming. Really, even from like the PC to the arcade and like the Sega Genesis, it just feels like such a love letter to that specific era of video games. Uh, this game is not long. It is about like an hour long. It is this company's first game, to my knowledge, and this is essentially like a proof of concept. And if more people buy it, then they'll probably make more uh, in this specific like game series, like extending the sort of story. Because there's a lot of stuff that's just kind of touched on, but it's not fully like explored the whole game. Like there's this romance that's hinted at in the game but goes completely unexplored and part of me actually kind of likes that just because it sort of leaves this element of like oh man like especially because it's all about growing up and the idea of like having someone that you want to ask out really badly and then you just never do (laughs) like (laughs) that was something that was weirdly relatable to me because by the end of the game I was like wait what I'm not asking them out really (laughs) oh okay um what else this game is very much kind of like interactive poetry i would describe it like that because there's these interactive segments which are designed to mimic uh sort of a certain genre of video game especially some of them very specifically like a certain game uh and usually those games are kind of telling a story about uh, the character's mental state at that period of the story. Oh, shit. Uh, so, like, the very first uh, game that you see is, like, a beat-em-up game. It's called uh, Beating Heart, and it is, like, you play it without any sort of introduction to the world, and it's just it's literally your introduction to the world is through this sort of beat-em-up, and it's, like, this person uh, just kind of going from left to the right and, like, beating up everything out of their way, and it's sort of like the attitude at the beginning of the game, like, fuck you, I'm, like... I'm here, and I'm, like, trying to make a name for myself. Um, (laughs) And then uh, later on, there's, like, uh, the runaway part, which is very much, like, uh, I think it was Outset for the Sega Genesis, or Outrun, something like that, where uh, it's, like, this 
uh, racing game where you're constantly heading towards a horizon that like never really changes. And yes. it's just talking about the idea of like a desire that you want but can never get because, but it's like sort of limited by the technological capabilities of the time. Uh, sort of telling that story. That's really interesting. That like, yeah. <laughs> like moving forward in the world to a place that can never be realized. Right. And, and like the main character lives in the suburbs and, and they sort of desire living in the city and this other life that's faster, that's something else. And they, they want to run away from like their current suburban hell of a life and then find something more interesting and more exciting. And like the character... God, that's so relatable. The very first like thing that really endeared me to this game was this moment where they first enter the arcade. Um, and it just is this moment because like the, the game is interspersed with like these moments of dialogue and kind of visual storytelling uh in between the the video game parts and this is one of the parts that's mm. just before the part where uh you get to play a space game and it's all about like floating through space and like thinking about like uh the world at large and sort of having your head in the clouds but also like it's a shmup so it's about like you know taking out everything in your sight and like being sort of so invested yeah. in the game that like sort of space colonization yeah but like also just the, the the idea of like what it means to be a girl in the 80s playing these games in a dingy basement and the feeling that inspires yeah that's really interesting that's not something that's talked about a lot is the sort of like gender ideas of playing video games especially in early development of them yeah and like the main character dresses like a like a boy uh i i honestly didn't even know from the pictures that they were necessarily female but when they talk it's definitely a female's voice and so when you're listening huh. it's kind of like i, I don't know like you, you it, the, there's the visual storytelling of like a person presenting themselves to be someone else to, as like a sort of escape uh, and yeah, the, 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 or, or to fit in if they, or, or, yeah. I, I don't know what approach the game takes on it. But. Yeah, yeah. Like, I mean, I don't know if there's going to be like a, uh, I, 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 it's too much to really read into it, but like, I don't know if there will ever be like a transgender sort of reveal in this, but it does kind of have those sort of implications and themes of identity and sort of like not knowing where you fit in in society and sort of exploring that through escapism in video games that I, I find to be very, very profound and very nice. Uh, that I'm really glad I got that game in the bundle. <laughs> yeah, no, I highly recommend playing it, especially because it's only like an hour long. Like you can just blast through the whole thing in an evening. Uh, oh, that's hella easy. Yeah, and like I will say, actually, some parts were pretty hard. <laughs> like the 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 boss <laughs> at the end of the Gradius part got me to fucking break out my Mario Party hand. We're just like just like <laughs> just trying to like uh, rush him down as fast as I can while dodging all the different lasers and stuff. And uh, oh, another one that I, I get part of the game that I forgot to mention. There's two other little mini games, which one of them is like Shadow Dancer, which is sort of like a, a ninja auto runner. And like the very end, you're like running away from like this scary entity. And it's sort of like the idea of running away from responsibilities and like going to this arcade is sort of like that escape for her. But she's also running away. Um, and then finally, the last game that you play is called Kill Screen, and it's sort of like those early PC era RPGs where you're like a dungeon crawler, <laughs> and it's like a yep. maze and shit. But like the voice that's playing, I'm pretty sure is your mom, like, hmm. and and it's your mom telling you like you can't escape, please, like you must obey, like, uh, it's sort of telling you to conform in a certain way. And the end of the game, spoilers, so you might want to move past this if you, you know, want to play the game yourself at this point. But um, it's sort of, like, revealed at the end that, like, 
you might be running away from like your mom at the end uh, of this and like that's sort of you reaching a sort of level of experience in your life and like literally the the story is told by you gaining experience you know and then being able to that's explore really further into the dungeon and then finally you're able to slay the dragon at the end and the dragon is like after you de defeat one of them like you start hearing from your mom like like please don't go please don't go Please don't go. So it's a lot of really pertinent issues about like growing up and the struggles of growing up yeah. and like how do we find ourselves? How do we how do we escape the ideas that are put on us by our parents? Yeah, like, like the disconnect between like uh, a parent as like, a guiding figure and a parent as an authority figure and like uh, just the there's so much going on here and it's only an hour long. Like I implore you, please play this game, uh, even if you've listened to this point, like. I, I'm going to have to try this yeah, out. Yeah, so I, I highly recommend it. I'm just a suburban boy that wants to go to the inner city. <laughs> yeah, dude. I feel that, though. Because, <laughs> like, I, I, you know, born in the suburbs feels like nothing's really going on. And, like, you see the city and it's, like, so much is going on. So much interesting. and that, like, like, when, when I got back from crisis, New York uh, this this January at the start of the semester, man, it was it was fucking hard because it's, mm. it's a different life. It's slow here. It, it yeah. is, like... You you have to stop moving, and and there you can just like you don't have to you can just fucking keep going. Everyone is just constantly going and moving and growing and changing. And <laughs> I just I find it people here just like stagnate. Yeah, dude. And and just the thing that I find craziest about this game to me is like how much I'm able to draw from this that I was not able to draw from Eternium. Or, or sorry, Etherborn. <laughs> Etherborn. Like. <laughs> Just even the fact that I, I didn't know its name, it's like, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's just it's so like pastiche, replaceable of like indie whatever creative mm -hmm. shit. But then this actually feels like it has a vision and a voice and like some something that they want to say. It's that about idea the world. of like you don't have to try to be profound to be profound. No, you can say profound things with pop art. Yeah, like, sometimes just like living your life and just like doing is is it, it, it leads to the most profound revelations of all yeah. like <laughs> so 1980x the, the, a, a pastiche yeah. of 80s culture that i highly recommend to anyone who has any kind of uh nostalgia for that era of video games i'll i'll leave on the note of the smartest people are the people who are not trying to be smart <laughs> yeah Honestly, the smartest people are the ones who realize that everyone's kind of dumb, including them. <laughs> <laughs> We're all just a bunch of sacks of meat that somehow gained thought. Let's be real. Yeah. I'm pretty dumb so a lot of the time. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Like most 90%. My, my brand is stupidity. Yeah, but it's like on-brand socialism. <laughs> mm-hmm. All right. As I as I eat French fries in the microphone. Yeah, thanks for really uh, serenading the audience <laughs> with your your mouth sounds. I'm sure that like it's you know? ASMR to their ears. Are you turning up your levels and just? Oh no. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> All right. Let's talk about Nephilim. Nephilim. Niflheim, Niflheim, and I, I can never pronounce this word right, but <laughs> it's my Nordic. excuse is it's not my culture, yeah. so I... Fucking read a um, book, asshole. Hey, 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 it is, it is, it is my, my westernized way of understanding 
and I, I don't feel it is my place to try to appropriate their culture and pronounce their words and things the same way that they do. That's just more offensive. So I will whitewash it. Look, just learn learn the proper. Apologize for my whitewashing. No, fuck you. Learn the proper way to say it. It's Niflheimen, okay? <laughs> so just get it. Niflheimen. Niflheimen. There's no, there's no, there's no extra. How do you get Niflheimen? I, yeah, I made that up. <laughs> oh. <laughs> 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 I'm over here like this motherfucker understands his Norse mythology like hell yeah. <laughs> no, I'm a I'm, dude. Um, that's the thing about like fucking being an educator is that it's all about posing yourself as being a person who knows more. A hundred percent. People, people who are smart are just pretending to be smart. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> all right. Uh, Nefelheim. Yeah. Niflheim. Uh, it is by Eld- a-, a lot of games, Ooh. not a lot of games, a lot of games. Okay. <laughs> Have they I made a lot? A just thought I, I don't know. I, I honestly don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna look it up while you are doing this. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Find out if a lot of games has made a lot of games. Yeah, I need to know. <laughs> it's a, it's a sort of side-scrolling survival game, which is really interesting that they decided to make it a survival game, given the whole like lore and story and idea of the game is you you're a person trying to make their way into Asgard so you're in this like liminal realm between life and death and you're trying to access Asgard so you can live I guess happily ever after was it like the mythology of the Norse that you had to die in battle and then you would go to Asgard yes I believe no. That was was that was that Norse? I, yeah, I, I think so. I don't know. I I I should not speak on this subject. I do not know enough about it. Uh, <laughs> so I will defer you to a Wikipedia link that we will leave in the comments of our uh, uh, of our podcast here. If you're interested in learning a little bit more about Norse mythology, I'm going to dig into it after this, I guess, because. I mean, the topic's over now, so why would I? Oh, okay. So they have made a for couple later of in games. life. They've made Braveland trilogy, uh, Spaceland mm-hmm. for consoles, uh, Tiny Bang Story. You've heard of that one? Never heard of any of these. I heard of Tiny Bang, but I never played it. Uh, the Niflheim is their most recent work. Okay. So. Hmm. Interesting. Well, it's 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 a yeah. So it's a side scroller survival game while you're trying to survive in this liminal space of death. Uh, it's it's really um, sort of just conflicting ideology of the game and the mechanics. I don't know. It, it felt like there was a disconnect there, but maybe I just don't understand enough about Norse mythology to understand why they chose to make it this sort of survival game in this space. Well, okay, so you're um, playing as like a warrior trying to get to Asgard. What what do you do well, to do that? I, I believe, if I'm incorrect, I believe you've already passed away. So oh. this is this is like purgatory. It's a liminal space between life and death in which you're trying to gain access to Asgard after. When you die, do you come back? Yes. When you die, you, you respawn. You get a debuff. I don't know what the debuff does. Oh. Um, but, yeah, you just you just respawn because you're, you're already dead, I believe. Okay. I, I could be wrong. That was my interpretation of the game. Uh I don't know if they directly said it at any point. They might have. I I, I don't know. I can't say I was incredibly invested in the game, so I I could be just butchering this right now. (laughs) You know, that's fine. We're we are all here to make mistakes publicly so that we can be accosted for it later. 
Exactly. You know, I'm openly admitting that like my knowledge of this is 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 not uh, at a level that it probably should be to get the full enjoyment out of this game. It, it definitely seemed like it assumed you understood the mythology already, and that, that you saw like the motivations were driven by the by the mythology and theology of this, not necessarily by here's a bunch of lore to give you a reason for what you're doing. So, do you feel like you could actually learn the lore through playing this game? It sounds like not. Uh, I think there's some lore in the game that you could learn, and I don't know. I don't know if there's. It didn't feel very much like, hey, here's here's an interactive way to learn uh, Norse theology and mythology and stuff. It, it felt very much like, oh, you're interested in this subject. Let's make a game around this subject. Hmm, gotcha. Yeah. So so I I felt a little alienated as part of the audience, but that that's I, as I said, I think that's on me for not understanding the material, not on the game developers for assuming I had the knowledge. I I could have Googled it if I wanted to. Mm-hmm. Um. But the the gameplay just wasn't engaging enough for me to feel the desire to put that kind of work in to understand the game. Hell yeah! Okay, um, well, <laughs> the gameplay it was <laughs> it was it was just like wandering back and forth on a screen, picking up sticks and then mashing Y to kill things. Honestly, you know? that's what it looked like from screenshots. That's kind of why I wanted to give it to you. <laughs> so so yeah, good, good, yeah, good to hear was, that it, it was, was exactly what I thought it was. <laughs> A hundred percent. But it, 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 you know, it talks a little bit about death and, and life after death and the purpose of death in our existence. Uh, so it's got it's got some interesting themes. Nothing that I don't think you couldn't pick out of of a Wikipedia article about on Norse mythology. Norse, Norse mythology. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. uh, you know, I don't I, I don't really think the game was worth it. I think if you want <laughs> a, a little bit of foreshadowing here, if you want a real good game about death and the ideas about death and like what surround them uh i would say throw this game in the trash and pick up death's gambit another game from the bundle well you hear heard it here first folks get death's gambit and throw niflheim in the trash complete garbage <laughs> uh, irredeemable but uh, you know no, <laughs> i mean the developers put a lot of work yeah, into I this know, game I know. that's why i'm being an asshole <laughs> <laughs> Let's not criticize yeah. too hard. I mean, I'm sure there's something to fi- that someone could find some enjoyment in. No, it, right? I think like, it's probably I mean, a good game. I, I haven't played. Not it. not every Picasso is for everyone. Yeah. You know, some people like a good Banksy. Some people love their Banksy. Speaking of Banksy, this has nothing <laughs> to do with Banksy. But planet. Oh, I mean, if you want to get into it, like Banksy, sort of against the whole corporate idea of well, art. Uh... Yeah. Well, I I was gonna say Planet Coaster. Uh, I mean, you, you know, you could probably like workshop in some Banksy art because there is Steam Workshop support for this. So. <laughs> oh, oh, you're talking about like <laughs> like just bringing Banksy to the game. I'm talking about like let's do a Banksy and analysis of Planet Coaster. Oh shit! So just like looking at like okay. Well, you go off. Look, look at the <laughs> game like Banksy would see it. You yeah, know? I, man, I I feel like I, I gotta look more into Banksy. My friend's dog is named Banksy because he's such a cool guy. <laughs> but but <laughs> Banksy is fun. Yeah. He's just like he's some street artist yeah. that a bunch of bougie assholes were like, we like this guy now, and now he just makes fun of them and trolls. Yeah, them. and he makes like thousands of dollars from their art. He was the one who did like yeah. the fucking the shredding of the painting in front of everybody. A hundred percent. Yeah, no, mm-hmm. he's great. Good, good old Banksy. Yeah, he. He knows a bunch of rich assholes just decided they like his art now, and so he just fucks with them. But Planet Coaster is about uh, building theme parks and shit and being a manager. Uh, it's from Frontier Development. Uh, if you've ever played games like uh, 
Theme Park World is a game that I played very early on on the PC. I actually really love that game. Uh, Thrillville or Roller Coaster Tycoon, uh, then you'll probably enjoy this. What I will say is that it's a little bit more on the uh, realistic side of the managerial spectrum, so it's less like Thrillville where you can go around and like earn money by playing go-karts and shit. Like, you actually have to make it a profitable business from the ground up. And that can be a little was challenging. Was Thrillville the one where you had to, like, make the rides a certain level, like, scary or fun and shit like I that? I think it might have been. Uh, it, it was all, you had, like, the ability to place down, like, a bunch of different rides and, like, uh, different yeah. mini games as well. Like, there was uh, mini golf and, like, a shooting gallery. Uh, also, like, a first-person shooter. Uh, just oh. I I love the Thrillville games. By the way, underrated as fuck. They're they're so much fun. Very underrated. Uh, <laughs> there's even like a Gauntlet game inside Thrillville. Love that shit. Uh, but anyway, we're not talking about Thrillville. Planet Coaster. Uh, I felt like the I mentioned this earlier. It was a little bit hard to get into just from the outset because there's so many things that can go wrong in this game that like it doesn't explain to you necessarily like why it is wrong it just explains to you like you're losing money <laughs> and you can like break it down like okay well, where's the money being lost it's like is it wages is it this is it that but, but like at the same time like if people aren't riding your ride like you know it'll give you feedback like okay well maybe the queue times are too long but like if the queue times are too long for every single one of your rides but also if you make the queues like longer and then they get upset because it's too long and they don't want to ride a long ass queue and so much like Niflheim assumes you know Norse mythology, this game assumes you know economics. It, is, it assumes that you know basic economics, and, uh, man, it, it also just assumes that, like, you have, like, sort of a mind for, like, theme park design, because there's, like, things that help you out that, like, a theme park designer would know. Like, I watched the theme park designer play this game on, like, BuzzFeed or whatever, and, like, what he did, like, actually helped me out in my games, where he was, like... All right, so I'm going to try to hide the sort of queue line behind some, like, grass and shit here so that uh, people, oh, like, on the outside don't see how long they're going to have to wait when they get in the line. Like, Wow, so it's that kind of level of, like, detail and management. Yeah. Like, uh, and, like, wow. basically, like, the queues have to be interesting enough while people are waiting in them and have enough scenery. Otherwise, they'll just, like, leave. Uh, so you actually have to think about, like, the sort of like the micro and the macro elements and like uh the first park that i made that was actually like a rousing success uh, which i made very recently in sort of like a challenge mode uh what i found it to be the most realistic solution and i found it by looking online was just to make as many rides as possible and completely ignore food and other beverages until you get like a ton of people in your park <laughs> and just like let them fucking have their fucking great ass time and leave like <laughs> because the, the first one's free, right? Like, then they're going to come back wanting another great-ass time, but now they have to go through the food. Exactly. Like, <laughs> mm -hmm. and, but, like, you get a ton of money from rides and shit, but you don't get money from, like, the other shit unless you have, like, a bunch of people constantly, like, buying stuff yeah, from it. Yeah, so you have to build up a loyal fan base and then exploit Exactly. It. And you can't, like, start out with the food stuff. Otherwise, you're going to be paying so much for your vendors that you're going to actually go bankrupt. Damn. Like, <laughs> and so, like, there's just all of these interesting little managerial decisions in that respect. And uh, it's also just fun. I mean, like, you know, there's a lot of managing games that are about, like, this or that. And it's just kind of like whatever, like, hospital sim. Like, I enjoy those games a lot. But it's also like, man, it's a hospital. It's kind of boring. 
but like you know roller coasters and shit like that it's really fun and getting to build your own roller coasters is a great time uh i made a roller coaster that did exceed the g-force limits a little bit but that's fine because uh people need to be afraid of the american economic experience a little bit uh which is what i named the roller coaster <laughs> Uh, and it's like got like uncle sam shit and like american flags everywhere on the ride oh i love that <laughs> and it's got like a giant drop that like breaks your neck <laughs> like, yeah, i put that in my most recent park but very few people will ride it it's actually quite funny uh, that's so funny this is just meta commentary on the system of capitalism and your capitalist uh, roller coaster park that you're designing for our socialist podcast yes, yes. <laughs> exactly no one would ride it it's really funny <laughs> that sounds about right when you see the flaws of capitalism presented in front of you no one wants to get on <laughs> <laughs> everyone loves the rest of the rides at the park and then not, not oh yeah <laughs> that's so funny <laughs> uh there are some things that like are a little bit like kind of whatever about the game like there are sort of themes and you only have like a limited number of different items from the different themes so after a while you end up kind of recycling a lot of the same sort of props in different areas yeah. And um, there are, like, microtransactions in the game to get, like, more items and stuff. And it actually didn't show them to me for, like, the first 10 hours of gameplay. And then suddenly, really? 10 hours in, it was like, hey, by the way, uh, if you click down here, you'll see that there are these gold items that if you spend some money and you get the DLC pack, then you can get them in your, your, your park. Huh. Yeah, so that, that was a little interesting that it kind of held off on showing me for a bit. Until, like, I was at the point where I was like, man, I wish I had more items. So Yeah, that's that's really interesting, that, like, that balance and knowing when to present it. <laughs> yeah. Because I, I imagine if I was presented it right away, it probably would have overwhelmed me a little bit. But Yeah, you would have probably just dismissed it, honestly. Yeah, so that that's an interesting little feature. And uh, I think that if you're into this kind of thing and you're willing to be patient and sort of see what works and what doesn't, uh, you'll you'll have a good time. The only tutorial here is fucking YouTube videos that they link you in the game. <laughs> so like, uh, get ready for lots of YouTube video watching, quick tips and shit, because that's how you're learning about this game, <laughs> and through trial and yep. error. But if you're into that, you'll have a great time. Uh, so yeah, they have like yeah. Project Zoo as well, which is about doing. It's the same developers, but they it's like a zoo. That one just recently released, yeah. right? Like last year, and it year. went on sale too yeah. recently. Ooh, build yourself a zoo. Yeah, Planet Zoo. But that's the Planet, Planet Coaster, zoo. so there you go. Hell yeah. Up next, we have uh, Battle Chasers Night War. Uh, don't, know why, don't know why the suffix Night War. Huh. Yeah, I... Maybe I just didn't get far enough in. <laughs> I, we're going to talk about suffixes in a minute, but go ahead. <laughs> Are we? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> the fucking Arbiter's Mark. Like, I don't know what the fucking... <laughs> Arbiter's Mark. I know uh, what an Arbiter's Mark is, but I don't know what the fuck a fell seal is. What the fuck is a fell seal? Like, I don't get this fucking suffix. Anyway, keep going. I mean, I mean, fell seal is like a. I would assume it's nonsensical, but some sort of seal. I, of I guess it's like the thing. I'll, I'll explain it a bit. Okay, yeah. Uh, Battle Chasers Night War, made by Airship Syndicate. It's it's a really interesting game that's done sort of stylistically like a comic book. All the cutscenes were like panels that slid on and off and on and off. Uh, your your abilities you use all open these like packs like animated comic book panels it, it, it's really cool the style of the game uh and they did i feel like i'm talking real fast i should slow it down embrace mm. it you know 
we are at like i just an, didn't really like this game either oh and we're at like an hour and 15 yeah, so yeah. We might as well speed up uh We'll 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 keep the dialogue cool and chill and understandable, but we'll keep it short and brief. Yeah, sounds good. Uh, this game was sort of all about destiny and legacy, and like you you play one of your characters is this child who's inherited these powerful gauntlets from their father that used to be a hero, and now you're like traveling. You get stuck in this uh place, and you're trying to like find your friends and solve world problems with big powerful fists uh as you do <laughs> that was the yeah that was the most i got out of the story so far really? uh, i only got through a couple of dungeons wow. um but i i mean i played it for a hefty amount of time it's just it's a lengthy rpg and it's all turn based so you're confined to the 5 minute fights no matter what you do yeah. uh yeah which turn-based games another another type of tea that i would prefer to leave out of my <laughs> cup if i can sometimes um, dig them uh but i really the grind gets to me at only, a certain point even Pokemon. only good turn-based game i've ever played is divinity original sin 2 mm. you know what's a really good so turn-based good. game that you would probably like but that's just D hmm. chrono trigger i've heard really good things about chrono Trigger. it still holds I, up it's like one of the best rpgs yeah. ever made I, I should try it. I should bite the bullet. It's only sixteen hours long. Based is spooky. It's too spooky. I just know I'm gonna. I tried to play. Uh, I tried to play Octopath Traveler, and that game was just fucking garbage. Yeah. I couldn't understand why everyone raved about it. it yeah, I, I haven't played it. Was, it, it was. Yeah. It, it's eight tutorials of gameplay, uh, disguised as an open world RPG with just the easiest most watered down turn-based combat like i literally closed my eyes and played the game for like 20 minutes just to see if it could be done did you do that with battle chasers uh i mean it was battle chasers was a little trickier because some of the enemies like the scaling on them was rough like some of them would basically one-shot me so i actually had to pay attention to healing and using defense and stuff hmm. um but even then, it was still pretty straightforward. It's just like defend, attack, attack, defend, attack, attack, defend, attack, attack. You know, it's also like based off of a comic um, book series, isn't it? I I don't know. It felt like it was. It, it definitely felt like it should have been if it wasn't, because it was very like it was stylistically like a comic book. So mm. I believe it is. Yeah, mm. I I th I it, I wouldn't put it past yeah. it. Um, but yeah, so this this game, wow, way way to save time. That was a heck of a tangent. Uh, this game is <laughs> like all about destiny and legacy and then there's like obviously these ideas of sort of like colonization and being in a different world that's not your own you're dropped into this continent where you don't know anyone and you just like you go around killing the people and ignoring the locals and doing your own thing so that you can find your friends and get out of there uh it, it, it's kind of like for heroes you're kind of fucked up honestly <laughs> um yeah like there, there, there's there's literally a scene where where one guy tells you go find this item and then talk to the blacksmith and he can help you set it up and you go find the item and then you go I don't want to talk to the locals we're better off on our own and you go set it up yourself <laughs> That's funny holy <laughs> shit Yeah so so you're kind of assholes throughout the whole thing like you get involved in these like discrepancies between uh groups of locals and you just like fucking kill them because someone asks you to kill them even though you have no merit to kill them huh. Um, well, you, you even get called out. Yeah. That was the, the second dungeon. You, you kill two different tribes of, uh, lichens, lycanthropes. 
and then the the leader of the two tribes goes, "What the hell business did you have interfering with our shit? Please die now." <laughs> That's like honestly a re- <laughs> like I get that response. Like you're just like fucking insane yeah. people who went into a dungeon and just started killing people and taking things. Yeah, all because all because some low level dude was like, "I'll only let you through if you kill them all," <laughs> <laughs> and it's like, sure, that sounds reasonable. Let's do it. Like, I have no reason to say no. They're just other people from from a from a little continent that I don't care this about. It's a video game, and they are the enemy, so I'm going to go and kill them. Yeah, so so it's it's kind of like it really distances you from like the violence and like lets you just do fucked up things and be fucked up people in this like town that's just trying to get by. Oh, wow, well that sounds uh, yeah. pretty fun if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, and and like it, I I don't know where the story ends up going because I I didn't get through the whole thing. It, it, it's a it's a hefty RPG, so there's a lot to play in mm-hmm. it. But if, if you like turn-based combat games, uh, it's 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 worth checking out. You know, mm-hmm. just uh just reserve your moral judgment for the characters because <laughs> they're kind of dicks. I hear that. Yeah. Well, uh, <laughs> up next is Turok. And Turok is a game that you've probably heard of before if you've been a gamer for a while. Uh, it was a game that came out on N64 and PC uh, in the 90s. Uh, I actually never played it as a kid because I was scared of the dinosaurs. And I can say that I have gotten over that fear. So that's pretty <laughs> cool. Uh, I really enjoyed this game, although I have to say that the atmosphere was actually pretty spooky at times. Uh, the music, you can choose for it to be either the original uh, N64 music or the PC soundtrack, which I think I preferred the PC soundtrack. That's really cool. Just because uh, the PC soundtrack was like uh, a little bit more atmospheric and uh, a little bit less crunchy, but they were both really good. There's actually a couple of different options just to be able to like kind of switch uh between more of an old school like i mean they're both they're all old school looks but yeah they they sort of kept the original like uh integrity of the game but also updated it if you wanted to play yeah the original kind of looking version and actually on top yeah. of that there's also steam workshop support for this video game which is a little bit crazy to me just because i didn't realize it was a pc game first and just to see an n64 game have like steam mods and like people playing wolfenstein in the engine that this game runs in or uh i also did yeah that. that'd be like if we got like mario 64 tomorrow with steam support literally like imagine like mario 64 with like hd texture mods and like <laughs> <laughs> fucking like a wolfenstein area where you get to play as mario and wolfenstein just another painting like... on the wall randomly in the castle you can jump through and it's wolfenstein. yeah dude, that's what it was like basically Except that's so good. In order to play the Steam Workshop stuff, you do have to like basically launch the editor for the game, which was interesting. You like when you launch the game, it's like either you play the game or you launch the editor, and then you go to the editor, then you have to go to like the mod section of the editor and then load the mods and then click play. It's all built separately in a different yeah. yeah. So there's a little bit of a challenge to get it going, uh, but I really enjoyed it. Uh, we'll say it's still a little bit uh, like. <laughs> It is a- it has aged a little bit. Uh, oh, a hundred percent. You know the the level design has got that N sixty four era like corridors uh, as far as the eye can see. Even though it's a jungle, you know, just giant walls everywhere. Uh, <laughs> it doesn't make any sense, but it's like cool. All right, this is where we go. Uh, yeah. It's also got like some of the early game weapons feels like are just completely eclipsed by like the later game weapons just because they're like better versions of the original. 
It's like, why would you use the original? And it still, like, <laughs> takes up an inventory slot, so you have to cycle past it every time you want to get to the better weapon. Fuck. Like, why? Uh, but you actually can download mods that, like, change it so that the weapons have better balance, you know? And That's the nice part about having a mod community is, like, they can fix all the terrible decisions the developers <laughs> yeah, made. Yeah, especially uh, terrible decisions from old, older games that, that have been updated right? with, with time and, you know, cool shit. So I really enjoyed Turok. Uh, I feel like if you're into this sort of old school thing, although actually I, I should mention before I like wrap this whole package up, it's a little bit weird that you're playing as like a fake Native American killing other Native Americans and also dinosaurs. Yeah, that's kind of a problematic. Uh... It's it's strange. Little little. Yeah 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 yeah. It it it's interesting. It, it, I don't it... think this game would fly in 2020. It... I was going to say, you could tell the narrative was designed in, like, late 90s, early 2000s. Yeah. It's very, very 90s. Yeah. I mean, like, there's no story, even, really. It's just, like, you go from place to place, uh, like, I forget what it even is, like, collecting seals or something, and I didn't get to the end of the game, but I got decently far enough. The 90s, when we allowed everyone to be racist, because it was funny. Dude, yeah, I mean, like... Racist, sexist, Duke Nukem was a thing, and we all love him. Oh my god, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I mean, like, they think about how popular... Like, picture of misogyny. Like, he is just such a perfect image of, like, 90s-era masculine, toxic masculinity. Like, Yeah. <laughs> but at the same time... That's what I really like, love about, like, uh, uh, Mr. Torque from from Borderlands, yeah. because he's that same sort of, like, toxic masculine energy, but... But it totally breaks the stereotype in this weird parody. Because he's like willing to play like Dungeons and Dragons and like hang out with a little girl who plays princess. Yeah, and he's like he's like a sensitive yeah. dude, and he's like he's he's very like in tune with other people, and he uses that like insult toxic energy to like defend people. Yeah, he just can't stop screaming and has to see things explode. Yeah, exactly. He's just like he's this fucking dude that's just like I'm real masculine and dude like, but also like don't be a shitty person or I'm gonna throw my fucking guns at you. Well, hell yeah, that was Turok. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> man, we are we are feeling the yeah, tangents we are today. feeling those fucking tangents, bro. It's the COVID shit, mm -hmm. man. It's COVID. It's it's the COVID, man. We, we it's the, getting to this us. is the most interaction I've had with another human being in like a week I and a know. half. Oh, it's just lovely to talk. Yeah. It is. I I miss the sweet, soothing voices. Yeah. But soon we'll all be dead. And on that note, the ideas of death but <laughs> presented through the lens of Death's Gambit, a game by White Rabbit. Talk. This game, okay, I, I, I have to keep this short because we're already pushing on like an hour and 20 and we still have so much to yeah. talk about. Let, uh, let's try to keep it under two uh, hours, man. but if, if we can do that, that's good. Yeah, we're, we're going to have to trim this one as much as we can. <laughs> uh, all right, so this game is like, it's it, it's a Soulsborne 2D like side-scroller platformer um, in, in that sort of like Castlevania style, and it is fucking incredible i can't believe i haven't heard of this game before now it, mm. it's it's so so good like the gameplay is tight and hard uh it, i i'd almost say it's harder than the actual Soulsborne games like it, it is very brutal very unforgiving uh, a lot of the bosses have really interesting mechanics that you oh, have to like yeah. figure out and solve um th there was a boss that like 
there there there's four different ads you can spawn each ad has a different ability when you kill an ad the boss gets the ability and the whole thing is on this time limit as the room is filling up with this slime that kills you basically so it, it, it's it's like a world of warcraft raid boss boiled down into this single player experience it's so cool the boss that i saw um, that really wowed me was the one where it was like a giant colossus that was like bigger than your entire screen and you could only basically see his legs and he's just stomping yeah. around on you while you're fighting someone else and that other person is the real boss fight but you have to invite like evade this sort of environmental hazard it's so cool like the, the fights are really interesting the the they're they're well designed the 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 bosses are well designed it's it's really fun it's hella hella frustrating obviously like a soulsborne like a good soulsborne game wouldn't be uh and and it, it's all wrapped up in this fucking incredible discussion about death and what it means and and the role that death plays in our existence and is death important and what immortality means and and fighting against death and it, it's it's fascinating like the 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 way the take on death especially because it's like a soulsborne mm -hmm. game so you know you're gonna die over and over and over again so they use that they use the idea of of knowing your character is gonna die constantly and that that immortality your character has and it, it all just plays into the narrative of the game and why you're doing these things and is is what you're doing okay and good and yeah because like when i when i God. watched you play this game one of the things that really struck me was how uh when, when you fail and die in the game they actually expect it so much that like critical story information is conveyed after you die and like these yeah, like nightmares as, as you're dying you're getting like flashbacks yeah. and stuff and reliving your past and 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 everything and it, it gets really really in depth too like the further you progress the more you find out that like dying over and over again is actually killing mm. you it, it's so cool it's this idea of like the people who are immortal, the more they die, the less human they become. And so if you die enough, you lose all of your humanity and just become this sort of, like, shell of a person. Oh, shit. And, yeah, it, it's really cool. And it, it, it changes the way you look at the death in the game and everything, too. Is there, like, and a true end if it, you don't die? I don't know. Well, one of the things the game lets you do... From the fucking start of the game, you can take the contract you sign with death that makes you immortal and tear it up. <laughs> That's sick. If you tear it up, you become mortal, which means if you die, your save file gets deleted. Fuck. So yeah. you totally so, so could I'm play sure that, I, that way. I'm 100% sure something happens if you play through the game as mortal. I don't know what it is. I don't know if I am skilled enough to be able to do that and find it out, but I guarantee goddamn someone has done it on YouTube. It's fucking Iron Man mode, man. That's intense. It it really is. Yeah. I, I, I went to tear up the contract just to see what it would say, and it's just like, are you sure you want to do this? If you die again, your save file will be... <laughs> <laughs> Did you stop there? And I was like, oh. Yeah, yeah, I stopped there. I was like, no, nah, thanks. Nah, oh. dog. And then I walked about two feet and died. <laughs> I passed, dog. Yeah, then you would have had the whole thing deleted. It's like, sure. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so if, if if I was better, I I would try it. But it, it, it already, even without it, it, it's it's such a good game talking about death. So, like, if you're worried about death, especially right now with everything going on, not that you know we're we're not fear-mongering or anything here some people are just afraid like we're different age groups different yeah, people de death is a scary uh, thing it's a scary thing to sort of come to is. reality it, with 
Yeah, it really is. And so if, if that's a topic that you're really interested in, then, like, play this game. No. It's, it's, yeah, it talks a lot of good shit about death. And a lot of, I mean, most of the characters talk shit about death because death is an actual character. <laughs> and he's game, an asshole. But, like, <laughs> I mean, it's... Is he? <laughs> <there's>... <laughs> he? He doesn't seem like a bad oh, guy. Wow. Uh, I don't know, though. <laughs> I, I don't want to pass that judgment. Um, he just seems like he's doing his job, you know? Yeah. Fucking working class. Honestly, right. that seems to be, like, uh, the most realistic depiction of death is not somebody who's, like, out to hurt anybody, but just, like, doing their job. There's there's this one part. Man, this game does some weird shit, like, uh, th- there's a part where you're, like, you, you, you die, and then you, like, fight your way through some sort of afterlife thing, and there's a boss fight that's entirely just, like, based on movement and not actually punching, like, hitting anything. Uh, really, really cool shit. Um... And the there's a there's a part where you go into this like underground area full of technology and you run into death just chilling down there. Dope. Like like Yeah, and, and your character goes up and he's like, What the fuck are you doing here? <laughs> like and death is like <laughs> he's like, I'm just playing a video game, dude. Like, I'm just playing cards, man. <laughs> yeah, he's he's just chilling there playing like a video really? game, like, like an like old a, arcade like a video. Modern ass arcade game. What the yeah, fuck? Yeah, yeah, and and you ask him what it's about, and he's just like, it's this game where you know you die over and over again and try to progress. Sound familiar? And <laughs> your character's like, that sounds super boring. <laughs> yeah. Wow. I mean, I guess you, I guess most things do sound boring when they're the things that you do in your daily life. You describe yeah. them in sort of like a third person. But yeah, it's 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 <laughs> fucking great. I I really really enjoyed this game. Wow. that's awesome, man. And if, if you like challenges, if you like the sort of Soulsborne thing, I I can't believe more people haven't taught like haven't. I've been never heard of this game. game. I've heard of lots of Soulsborne games, Soulsborne games, but not this game. Yeah, it, it it just it's been completely under my radar, and it's it's a hundred percent worth it. Well, hell yeah, they dude. Hell yeah, Belseal Arbiter's <laughs> Mark. I'm a, I'm a king of transition. Uh, I was I was gonna try to set you no. up with a segue. Fuck here, it. But... I'm just dunking that transition right. right into the trash. All right, all right. <laughs> Maybe next time. <laughs> we all we've all got our style, you know. I like a good segue. You like, like you like to kick the door down and come. And I like screaming. just yeah, like that's how my D and D characters always work too. I like playing the orcs <laughs> and just fuck everything up for everyone else and to get the plot going. Uh, <laughs> okay, Fell Seal Arbiter's yes. Mark is a game from Six Eye Studios. This is actually, I believe, their first video game. I didn't find anything else online. Uh, and this is a isometric 2D tactical RPG, very much inspired by Final Fantasy Tactics. Uh, it's similar to other games like Summon Knight, Vandal Hearts, Tactics Ogre, and Disgaea. If any of those games sound familiar to you, you'll probably know what I'm talking about here. So there's like this uh, sort of 2D pixel art style, uh, which it's very like high, uh, what's the right word for it? High definition pixel art. uh, So it's like quite detailed and it kind of put me off at first. Uh, Some of the character portraits in particular are kind of like eh, not, not the best in my opinion. But I still really enjoyed the game, and uh, after a while, I grew to really enjoy uh, the art style as well. Partially because the game is so customizable. Uh, most of the what, I, what was it? I'm sorry. I just I, I I just caught a glimpse of your notes for this game. <laughs> oh, so should I go over that? 
Yeah, yeah, let's let's jump right let's into Let's jump that. right into the character customization <laughs> because you get to customize a whole lot of uh, different uh, characters and there's really extensive class character customization. Uh, <laughs> you, you can't even handle it. So you, I, you st- I should have I should have looked at that before we started. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'm really happy to get your genuine reaction. Uh, <laughs> so you start out with like a couple of uh, characters like Virgil and uh, Lana, and you can kind of customize them and change their outfits and colors if you want, or you can keep them the same. Uh, and then I recruited a bunch of other characters later, uh, including but not limited to Lacrima, the the wizard mender, Doug, who was a girl. And uh, she was an expert ranger, scoundrel, hunter, lady. Greg, who was a skeleton man, and uh, he saved people with his healing magic. Uh, Randy McLean, who was a plague doctor, and he constantly wears a plague mask wherever he goes. Uh, Butt Knight, the 23rd. He is a uh, Templar knight from a very long, prestigious line of uh, Butt Knights. Uh, Pete Buttigieg is a peddler scoundrel. I just felt like that was fitting <laughs> for, for Pete to be a peddler slash scoundrel. Uh, <laughs> Maxie was like a werewolf ranger lady. Uh, Bruno was like this real scary Templar mercenary. Uh, and then finally, Gail uh, Doherty was a, a druid that I very recently added to the party. And as you can tell just by that, there's a lot of uh, variety in terms of class. And, like, I haven't even gotten to a lot of the classes, like Gunner and uh, just other other cool shit that, like, I've seen around enemies having. And it's just so much fun. And it's a joy just, like, slamming down Pete Buttigieg. And he's there, like, fighting <laughs> for me and, like, stealing shit. And, like... <laughs> just like he stole the delicates. Just like he fixed those bread prices. he's a peddler scoundrel that one Uh, (laughs) we're on to you pete but thanks for thanks for using the phoenix down when we needed it that was cool of you (laughs) (laughs) so the combat in this game i might as well kind of jump into that next um is very much kind of like a chess game where it very much matters. Actually, not like chess. It's on a grid. That's what I meant to say by chess. Like, uh, but that <laughs> each character faces different directions, uh, and like that sort of matters because like if you get hit from behind, then it does more damage than if you get hit from the front or the side. Um, and so there's sort of like that sort of element of uh, positioning and uh, wanting to know like where each character is and like a certain. Fight. like there, there are cool storytelling things that kind of happen in this sort of system of combat like one really memorable encounter was where uh we were on the way to recruiting uh a potential new member uh, of our crew who's like a doctor and he's also like this necromancer guy uh it calls him an anatomist and uh he, when you show up to his house the guy who's in your party is like an enemy with him like he separated on bad terms and so the moment that you show up he's like oh fuck it's him and so he attacks you with all of his zombies and stuff and he separates you from your friend who's on the roof so you're on he's on the roof and then you're on the ground and you have to like try to live for long enough like not even defeat them but just live long enough yeah for uh the guy in the party to convince the guy inside the house to let you in 
<laughs> you know and, and it's just like those little like unique objectives and like interesting sort of like they do in a lot of the fire emblem games yeah sometimes the the objective is not actually to win the fight yeah and if you've ever played fire emblem it is a, a similar kind of analog because uh, it, it does work on that same sort of grid system even though this has more of a, an element of verticality to it like you can't attack enemies who are on like a higher level than you even if you're standing right next yeah. to them so there's more element of positioning that you have to worry about in this game even more so than um uh say your final uh not your final fantasy uh <laughs> fire emblem fire emblem. yeah but speaking of final fantasy uh final fantasy 10 would be a really close analog for how like it organizes your character movement like you uh can have certain characters go faster if they end their turn uh, and it'll like move them up in the turn order uh, sort of like Final Fantasy X, if you've ever played that, uh, and the way that the turn order works in that game. Because uh, I've never actually played a Final Fantasy Tactics game, or any kind of tactics game like this. This is my first foray into the genre, and yeah, really? I've never ever played a game I, like this. I think I have Final Fantasy Tactics on the PS4, if you'd like oh, to borrow I, it. I, I unfortunately don't have a PS4, but I would love to play that at some oh. point. Just uh, Well, you're more than welcome yeah. to come over oh, during dude. this period of self-isolation. Absolutely. Get 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 ourselves both some coronavirus to share, uh, mm-hmm. but what was I saying? <laughs> <laughs> it's your first tactics. Yeah, game. first tactics game. Uh, the fights I found to be very long, very grueling, very arduous. Uh, not in a bad way necessarily. Uh, just they're long ass fights and lots of shit, and you have to just decide like where to face every character at the end of every turn. And, and there's a lot to think about. Uh, and so when you mess up and you have to go back, it does kind of really suck, and it feels like you've wasted a lot of time. And it's like, oh, God, I have to fucking grind. Which happened to me uh, right before the uh, the second like main quest marker uh, that I'll talk about in a minute, that uh, I had to just start grinding all my characters and leveling them up because I was getting my ass handed to me. And uh, the way that the game works is that when a, a character falls in battle, they don't die, they're actually just injured. Um, and you can resurrect them with like a phoenix down, but they'll have like less stats uh, because they've been injured. And uh, after combat, yeah, like every combat that you engage with lowers the party's injury rating, which meant that early on I had to adopt a bunch of new characters because all of the characters that I had were injured and couldn't be used in combat. Or if they were, oh, then they would have really huge debuffs, uh, which would make it a lot harder for them to be uh, survivable. So that was an interesting mechanic. Uh, but I feel like I should talk about the story of Felseal because that's kind of where the, the bread and butter of making you want to keep playing is. Uh, so, so I feel like Humble Bundle's kind of doing this thing every month where they're, they're building sort of thematic ideas. Like last month we had the rebuilding of society and right. all these games that sort of followed that. And as I'm sure you're going to hit on in this, it feels like there's a lot of games in this bundle this month talking about mortality and death and, and that role. Also a little bit about uh, corruption, maybe would you say that that that's something about like exapunks that that kind of comes through a little bit as well? Cause this game is all about uh, basically a system of governance revolving around immortals. And like the main character of this game is essentially an arbiter of justice for the immortals. They're called arbiters. And uh, they're basically like police officers who enforce immortal law. They're not immortal themselves, but they sort of have the, the privilege of the immortal class supporting them in all of their endeavors. 
just like the police aren't actually rich. Yeah, but... they're not actually like the upper class, but they do sort of <laughs> hold a higher level in position in society. Um, and the main character is so lawful good that it actually made some people in the Steam reviews upset that I noticed. Like, they were like, this character is just, like, too nice. They're too... Wow. Uh, some people called them generic or, like, kind of a, a do-gooder. And, like, so personally, I kind of found that to be interesting just because, and I wrote this in my copy, it felt like gi giving Superman a police officer uniform giving him a couple months to get used to it and then letting him know, hey, by the way, did you know about police corruption? <laughs> and, and, and it's sort of like this conflict of ideals of like this person who yeah. wants to uphold the laws that are, are are upheld in the realm, but also like wanting to sort of do justice within the system and, and, and sort of... Yeah, like are the laws actually moral and just? Right, right. Uh, yeah. There's this, like, the first thing that happens in the game, this isn't a spoiler, because it's literally the first fucking thing, is you see a guy just kill somebody else. And uh, you basically spend the first act of the game bringing that guy to a courthouse to bring him to justice. But when you bring him there, uh, you're, like, convened for, like, this immortal meeting, and they announce that uh, the immortals are going to be stepping down. Like, the current immortal is stepping down to produce a new leader. And uh, that is causing, like, strife in the immortal community because they're like, fuck, who's going to replace him? Uh, yeah. And so uh, what happens is the marked start becoming a thing and they start electing people to start going on a pilgrimage where if they go and collect, I guess these, this is where the fell seal comes from, the different seals from the different temples. Uh, I think there's, like, five in total. Then you bring them back uh, and you can become immortal yourself. And the interesting okay. thing about being a marked is that you are have complete uh what's the right term? You you don't have to abide oh, by the shit. law. You can do anything and you will have a, a free pass to do it. That includes murder, stealing, theft, whatever. The only thing that it doesn't wow. work against is other immortals or uh arbiters who invoke self defense, which happens at one point in the story, and it like surprises the other character. He's like, What? What? No, I have the right. I have the right, the, the eternal immortal right to do whatever I want. And it's like, no, I invoke self-defense. And it's like literally like the stand your ground law. Like being... That's, that's like two people arguing over free speech in, in the sense that like, I can say what I want because it's free speech. And they're like, well, I can tell you not to say that because it's free speech. Well, yeah, I mean, it literally is. But like, I specifically felt like it was specifically like a stand your ground sort of a thing. Yeah. Like, and it was just weird, like just... All of these, like, loopholes, like, later on, uh, eventually, you'll, like, have the help of an immortal in one battle. And, like, it's so funny because it's, like, a mortal law that immortals are not allowed to get involved in the affairs of mortals. But at the same time, he's skirting that rule by just casually teleporting people into the water and killing them. <laughs> and so it's not like he's he's killing them because they just happen yeah. to be teleported somewhere else. Then, then they die. Like... <laughs> 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 it's just like the the constantly like using law and as like a juxtaposition for morality and like <laughs> yeah, that's that's really interesting. I, in that respect, I actually really enjoyed a lot of the story. Uh, I felt like it wasn't maybe as strong as it could be, but like I don't know, who cares? It was fun and it held the combat aloft. I felt uh, hell yeah. And I mean, honestly, most of these games are made by like an indie developer, and you know not everyone can wear every hat yeah so so some areas are going to be a little weaker than others 
So I really enjoyed this game, although that being said, I don't know that I'm going to finish it. It's really time intensive, although maybe it's like a 40 hour long campaign, I'd say. Um, Still a lot of time to invest. I don't just don't have that time right now. I, I might come yeah. back to it at some point, uh, but I, I would wonder if I would be totally like in out of my head coming back because there's a lot about like class building and like sort of the mechanics of the game, the minutia of it that I might forget, but. I don't know. I always have that issue coming back to RPGs. Yeah. It's like, what was I building for? What was I doing? I don't remember. <laughs> Might as well just start a new game at this Basically. point. But that's Felseal. Uh, I think it's pretty enjoyable, uh, especially if you're into those kind of uh, tactics RPG type games. Uh, just know that the main character, according to some, is a prude. So, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, you can say that about a lot of people, but whatever. All right, all right, all right, all right. We got we got probably like twenty minutes after we edit shit out, right? Yeah. So let's 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 rapid fire these last ideas. Okay. Um. So that's that's it for the bundle for this. Yeah. Week. Well, that, uh, we that's made not, it through. That's all. Well, well, that that's it for the the core bundle. Core you know, bundle. we got some side stuff to talk about real yeah. quick, but uh, but that's it. That's that's your twelve options of games for the bundle. Yeah. But uh, if you want a little uh, something you... extra, well. Yeah, let's 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 power through this extra. Yeah, just real quick here, because uh, I have to talk about this game. We forgot to talk about the extras last month, and I feel terrible about that because last week's extra was Tales from Off Peak City. This is the one I'm going to be talking about the most out of all the extras. It is a game by Cosmo D. Uh, it's one of a series of games. Like his first one is just called Off Peak, and there's also uh, other games that he has on Steam. I think like Norwood or something is what it's called. And they're all these abstract adventure games uh, in worlds that are, like, partially pre-built assets and partially, like, really warped uh, kind of nightmarish dreamscapes. Uh, and the idea that I really wanted to draw from here was something that I learned of in theater, which is Brechtian alienation. And if you've never heard yes. of that, allow me to explain. Uh, it's sort of the idea... Uh, of distancing yourself it's called the distancing effect also but distancing yourself from what's happening so you don't have as much of an emotional investment and that way you can consider more why things are happening rather than uh what is necessarily happening right like uh i have from wikipedia uh, it's a technique used by directors to distance the audience from emotional investment in the work uh, in jolting reminders of the artificiality of the film performance. And I feel like the artificial part is really important because, like, the use of pre-made assets and things that are, like, very clearly fake or, like, pastiche or copied from somewhere else is, it, it, like, something that's used to sort of put you in, like, sort of a, a state of, like, knowing something is familiar but also feeling off-put by the fact that it's so abstract and different. Um, mm -hmm. And it really forces you to start asking, like, why the things are happening because if you start thinking too much about what's happening you're going to go crazy it's an adventure game where you make pizzas and you deliver pizzas to people all while trying to steal the owner's saxophone that's the plot like <laughs> it's nonsense but at the same time there's like this layer above it that's sort of like well why do we have to use canned pasta sauce <laughs> that's and it's sort of revealed like maybe there's something in the sauce that's that's kind of keeping people like to be more uh complacent in society god uh, this is buck wild and like the pizza place like connects like every aspect of the community 
and like every person seems like totally complacent with the things that are happening around them even though there's like these abstract surreal things that are happening like a building like an entire apartment building was transformed into just a face and at one point you deliver uh, a pizza to the face and it eats it and then it smiles at you (laughs) and like if you try to talk to other people about that then they'll just like kind of try to avoid the conversation it's like i don't, I don't want to talk yeah. about that guy i don't want to talk about that apartment building like, <laughs> <laughs> it's just like <laughs> not my pig not my farm yeah and it's just god it's genius because it, it it just with the nonsense it, it forces you to sort of question everything and, and in questioning everything it, you sort of come to your own idea of what was happening and why it's really interesting, and I don't think it's really been explored that much uh, in the realm and space of video games, but the ideas of other art forms collapsing with video games. Like, yeah. how, how do you make an absurdist video game? Like, how do you make a, a video game that's authoritarian or, or like, Dada or, you know, it, it's really interesting. This Yeah, like, and, and just, like, the... This, yeah. Just the the idea of like taking the the ideas of distancing and social alienation and turning it into like a mechanic, where like it, Brecht, what he would do for his plays is he would like have signs next to people while they're performing, like uh, she will do this or she feels this way, and then you're sort of supposed to watch it and then sort of keep the sign in mind and sort of think why is that the case, uh, and that happens in this game where like the text is all conveyed or, or the dialogue rather is all conveyed through text uh just spoken above like the characters and it's almost like these little signs next to the characters that you sort of take them in and take them in their environment and you sort of have this sort of pastiche of wondering like well why well why is this combination of things the way that it is you know i i don't know i I enjoy it it's that sounds so good so i it's so short too and it's free so go play it like Honestly, it's so weird that if you're into this kind of thing and you're watching this podcast, you're listening, like, you'll probably enjoy it. But the other game, Space Routine, I, I forget, I just have to keep talking. I, 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 <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're the only one that did this. I'm the only one to play the extras. Space Routine, uh, I'm just going to go through these two really quick because I don't have like, nearly as much to say. Uh, Space Routine was the humble original game for this month. Uh, it is a very stressful game where you manage a, a family in space. Uh, the story of how I did this was I couldn't get my child to the bus. I tried several times while reading the tutorials over and over again and couldn't figure it out or find the bus. So I eventually starved in the middle of space, uh, but at least I had my family uh, to, with me at the time. So That's all we can ask for, honestly. Yeah. I, dying in the vacuum of space with my family. Also... You know... Oh, sorry. Elon Musk. Elon Musk. You know, yeah. I mean, that's the future. Uh, if we're all gonna die on <laughs> Earth, then let's all die in space instead. Yeah. So one step from Eden was the other game that was on here, and it was actually just a demo. Uh, but I had a lot of fun with it. It was this very interesting roguelike deck building grid based shmup, which is a lot. But yeah, that's what. Yeah, it's like kind of like what. Co- uh, come again. So let's break that down. There's deck building. Uh, so the abilities that you get, uh, you sort of, like, after every encounter are uh, randomly generated. So, like, the roguelike element. And um, uh-huh. you sort of build the deck uh, with these different abilities. And then you get to the end and then you fight a boss. Uh, it has elements sort of like Undertale where you're, like, kind of trying to dodge these bullets while you're, like, on a grid. If you can imagine, like, the one uh, Spiderweb minigame. It's very much like that. 
uh, from Undertale. Yeah, so you have like these paths, sort of like FTL, that uh, your character goes down. You can kind of choose between like the upper, the lower, the middle path, and they have different rewards or objects. And then at the very end, you have to fight uh, a boss. And like I believe that they're exclusive to the demo, the two different bosses that are there. I beat the first one, and there was a second harder one after it. And then I don't know what happens if you beat really? that second harder one. But uh, I feel like there's like a, a secret ending to just the demo that's like completely exclusive, which I, I really enjoyed that. Yeah, that sounds really dope. My favorite demos are the ones that like actually are completely unique and separate from the main game. Like Stan the Stanley Parable demo is one of the best demos ever. I have never played the Stanley Parable oh my demo. God, I need to play it. It's so good. I definitely should. Yeah, it's like a sort of extension of the main game, but uh, with only one main path, really. Okay. It, I, it's what I imagine would have been the case with uh, PT had Silent Hill. Very much. Yes, it's just like PT in the sense that it just exposes you to the ideas of the game in sort of like a very fun, creative way. Uh, and like then at the end, maybe revealing what it was. But <laughs> I like that. Yeah. That, that. That's always a very charming way to go about yeah. it. Yeah. So I, I like that a whole lot. That's it for me. All right. All right. All right. So that's it. We made it through the bundle. Oh, we made it through the bundle geez. extras. Look at us wow, go. Wow, that was a lot. <laughs> uh, so, uh, top game of the top game of the bundle. What 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 you got? I don't know. This is hard to choose for me because listening to you talk about uh, my friend Pedro made me really enjoy that and kind of really want to play that. Yeah, I. I, I am blown away. I, I didn't actually get to finish the game. I was one level away. Yeah. Uh, so I, I Googled the ending before, and I, I was I was blown away at what the result ended up being. I, it's it's fantastic. So while I'm tempted to say my friend Pedro, I feel like I have to go with the off-the-wall pick and say Tales from Off-Peak City, because it was so... I, I, yeah, and officially, I am going with that, because it was so strange, and I've never played a game like it before. It actually felt like now, an artistic expression of, like, I don't know, just something like that's unique to video now, games. I, I I love that, but I want to challenge that idea. Yeah. In in the sense that wasn't that last month's free game? It was. It was. So she so, should. So 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 I should t I should pick one from this month. You should you should you should say. That's what I'm saying. I'm, we're we're doing we're doing humble of the month, right? Fine. <laughs> Fine. Now now we can we can retroactively uh, disregard uh, your your pick last month and say tails instead. But that's I mean hex was your pick last. The month. thing is, is that I like the hex so much. I like I like both of them. <laughs> you just want to sneak it in. All right, I we'll do. give it to you. We'll we'll yeah. say tails. It's tails from Ops Peak City. I mean it's it's free and it's available on HIO all year round, so it might as well be this month's game uh oh, okay yeah that's fair if they can still get it that's what no we're yeah you can get it all year round and that's actually the nice thing about it is that it's completely free and you can just download it right now if you want well perfect and i'll i'll, I'll take back my criticisms you know that's right get back in your hole criticisms i'm not i'm not afraid to crawl in my hole that's right safe hole it's like <laughs> like that one junji ito comic it's my hole <laughs> it's my hole <laughs> uh cool anything to wrap yeah, up yeah i love it um my well i'm going to say my game. yeah please oh fuck I, uh, yeah my, please yeah <laughs> my game of the month would absolutely be uh exapunks i i think i think i did myself a disservice last month talking about zachatronics games in in such a i mean i i they're they're good they're 
I just thought they were above me and taking the time to actually learn it, like play that fucking game. <laughs> I'm honestly really glad that like that ended up being the case. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Me too. <laughs> His games just are so fucking cool in concept to me. I just can't always yeah. latch onto them. You just, you just got to power through it and figure it out, man. Yeah, It's really inspiring me. It makes me want to go and challenge more of his games. Even though Space Chem made me yeah, so mad. I, I, I really want to go back and try out Shenzhen IO now, too. Maybe we'll, uh, we'll revisit Shenzhen one day. Yeah, maybe. Maybe we'll do a, a, a bonus Zachatronics in-depth episode or something. <laughs> just every single Humble Bundle offered Zachatronics game. <laughs> yeah, or if we had gotten them when they were on sale like a week ago. Yeah, every single one of them. Rip. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else are we playing? Well, let let let's hit that out real quick, and then, and then some other free stuff, and then we'll 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 leave you guys to your days, your nights, your evenings, your coronas. The elephant in the room is Animal Crossing. Oh, it's it's. I mean, it's more like a cute little it's raccoon a, in the room. I mean, but... it can be an elephant too. Good. <laughs> it, it could be an elephant. It could be a cute it could little be a, elephant. It could be a swan. But you do have to address it. Man. And oh, we we absolutely have to. It is such a good game, especially for social distancing right now, where we have to be away from each other, and the ability to sort of like visit each other in a virtual space is just you so You can valuable. be with your friends I love it. on their farm while still not catching infectious viruses. And I, I named my island communism, so everything is for the sake of you communism. Know. I really like that. I, I really appreciate that. Mine is, of course, Bean City. Um, not sure why, but that's what we went with. <laughs> <laughs> beans your animals have the beans. beans baby beans are always funny i don't know what it is about them <laughs> my animals are dealing with class struggle <laughs> and i was immediately elected my... to be like the main representative of communism which is really i know funny. they just like right away it... <laughs> they don't hesitate they're just like this guy came up with a good name he's obviously leadership material <laughs> i posted about it on twitter it was like <laughs> like oh man look at this like that escalated pretty quickly <laughs> like <laughs> I'm the leader of communism. <laughs> Thanks, Karl Marx. <laughs> it felt like uh, that one scene from like Animal Farm. <laughs> right? Absolutely. Yeah. So, I'll, I'll, mm-hmm. also, I've been... I installed Warzone. Haven't played it. Oh, did you install it? I haven't played it. it. Yes. It. Let's play some, dude. Oh. Yeah, I'd love to. It's so good. I I've been on a Warzone kick. It's it it's a free to play battle royale by Call of Duty people that like fixes so many of the issues i've had with battle royales which uh what are the fixes choice um the the idea of like spawning i think the way they handle it's very very good uh you can you can drop in people can revive you for cash or your first death you have the chance to 1v1 someone to come back to life Hmm. um super cool uh you can you can use your multiplayer loadouts in the game by uh, purchasing a a loadout kit, which lets you you and your team uh, swap all your weapons out for one of your loadouts, it costs like eight grand, and they randomly drop. So hmm. you're less reliant on getting good RNG and more reliant on your skill as a player. Yeah, uh, which is super helpful. Like it's it's more about like just surviving and collecting cash for the first few bits, and then it becomes about skill and about knowing the maps and how to play the circle and stuff, rather than like. Well, all I found was a pistol on the rip, so we're going to lose. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
yeah, so it's it's great. And like the the way they let you communicate in the game, they have a it, like Apex. They have a flag system, so you can warn people where oh. things are and and shit like that without even needing microphones. See, that shit's so nice. The ping system is what yeah. made Apex so revolutionary to me. Yeah, it's the the ping system is exactly like Apex's, yeah. so it's great. Um, I I do miss the class based kind of battle in Apex, but it's hard to get people that want to play Apex. Yeah. I have a friend who was banned yeah. from Apex. Oh, shit. How do you get banned? I don't know. I don't think he knows either. <laughs> He's just banned. <laughs> well, that sucks. Yeah, one day, like, fuck you. Uh, can't play anymore. Yep. And then my, my last mention of things I've been playing this week is Stardew Valley. My buddy and I got back into it. We made a farm together. Uh, oh. And it's just... God, I love the game. I love that it, like, right off the bat makes you decide, do you want this to be a capitalist community or a socialist community? And then you just run with it. Yeah, man. It's great. I love this that love game it. so it's... fucking much. I've got more yeah. hours in that game than most others of recent memory. I We started this farm together, and so I loaded up my other farm just to, like, see where I was and maybe play solo a little bit. And I was just so overwhelmed. I have like a three, like three bedroom house, and like every fucking thing unlocked. And I don't even remember <laughs> playing it that much. <laughs> I feel that. That's why I keep restarting. I have, I've restarted, I think, three or four times now. Just like... yeah. I came back and saw my farm, and I was like, "Oh God!" Apparently, I went down that rabbit hole not again, and shut like, it. Up. I don't remember where I put anything. Everything is misplaced, and everything. There's so much of it. Uh, goodbye. Yeah. <laughs> cool that's that's what we've been playing this week uh there's some free games fun, fun shit we should we should drop our friend codes in the discord and oh the, yeah the, the the description we will get get us some social distancing friends going uh yeah. i will say there are some free things available uh as always uh epic games is giving out some games right now they are currently giving out the stanley parable which we even talked about in this bundle it's a great great video game uh, Look at that twenty minute later segue. Yeah, no kidding. And also Watch Dogs, which uh, I never got to play, but it was one of those games that uh, uh, always interested me. I played Watch Dogs. I um, I don't remember it a lot. It was I really liked the, like vigilantism and and the the same sort of like Zachatronics ideas of like what role is technology playing and just felt like the sort of like government surveillance sort of in, invasiveness yeah. role that it plays, I, which I, was really interesting. I do love that you're able to just walk up to anybody and just know a whole bunch of shit about them, like everything. About that is them, a really yeah. cool commentary about like the information age. Although I really wish that you could. If the game was just more about the hacking. Like, I know Watch Dogs 2 had, like, a bunch of hacking, and it seemed like if they just made a game that was all about hacking and, like, had very little gunplay, that would be almost more exciting. Exapunks. Hey! <laughs> That's your endorsement for this podcast. Oh. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's it's a good game. Yeah, the gameplay and, and mechanics are a little watered down. It's sort of like this is just a AAA version of hacking right so but then but it's 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 fun it has good relevant themes after that next week they're also going to be giving out figment uh and tormentor uh slash punisher whatever that is uh the games are figment oh and tormentor x punisher i i just i don't yeah. know speak i mean you you know the whole like lack of punctuation in my outline it's really fun <laughs> uh and finally uh there's a couple of games that are free right now on steam uh such as like uh dropple 2 and tomb raider and like laura croft there's like a 
isometric dungeon crawling thing. Uh, we'll put some links to that in the description. And yeah, we'll have some links to all these other free yeah. games. Uh, and and one other thing, uh, good old gaming company there, good old games. GOG. Uh, GOG. They're uh, in honor of the COVID virus, giving out like 27 games for free as well to keep you uh, safe and sane during your social distancing. That is some good quality games. Uh, they got some good Gotta shit, actually, love don't it. they? Yeah, they, they there's some really great titles to pick from. Like, I mean, all of them are free. You don't have to pick. So right, you just get all it, of them. Yeah, like Hello Neighbor Alpha. <laughs> That's um, the the ticket. That I mean, that is that is that is the one I latched onto because <laughs> that game is just dumb yeah. and absurd and kind of charming. Uh, but yeah, so that's that's what we got for you guys today. Yeah. Um, we still gotta figure out a sign off, like an outro of some kind. Yeah, you know. Uh, There's something to say at the end besides just vamping for like the music. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Like, like last time we did the whole, the whole, we are the bourgeoisie, and the like. like we had a funny laugh, yeah. But I, yeah, I, I don't think that one. No, that did not stick with me. Uh, what, what do you, what do you want to try? Uh, maybe this is it. Just, just vamping out, vamping out till we find the intro. Outro. Yeah. Goodbye. Okay. Bye.